Hey there, I'm Mariah. And I'm Brian. And this is Retention Chronicles. E-commerce brands are shifting their strategy to retention and customer experience. And so we decided to reach out to top D2C brands and dive deeper into tactics and challenges. But here's the thing, we love going on tangents. I teach Brian all about the latest trends. And I teach Mariah that it's a waste of time. And we discuss all things in the Shopify ecosystem. So go ahead and start your workout or go on that walk and tune in as we chat. Retention Chronicles is sponsored by Malomo, a shipment and order tracking platform, improving the post-purchase experience. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of our episodes at gomalomo.com. Okay, well, we're ready to get started. Steve, if you could give us a little sentence, a little snippet about Tenzo T and yourself, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm uh, one of the founders of Tenzo. We're a mantra brand based in Los Angeles, or kind of remote right now, or a little over five years old. And um, yeah, about me, I don't know, love mantra, love um, e-com, D2C, and building consumer brands. Very fun. Okay, well, we're going to dive into your founder story a little bit. Um, so if you could tell us like why you just said you love matcha, like where did that originate from? Tell us kind of how you and your co-founder Robbie started Tenzo T. Yeah. So going back to when I was a little kid, I wanted to be really tall. Um, (laughs) I was told this lie that, um, doesn't every kid. (laughs) Yeah. But like caffeine is so your growth. So I didn't drink caffeine until I was like 19 and I went on this like study date with a girl in college and we went to Starbucks. Like I got a a coffee. Um, So never experiencing caffeine. I was like lit. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you remember when you first had like a double shot espresso or anything, but you kind of like go like a little bit crazy actually. So I had that experience and I was like, oh man, that was pretty good. Like I like that. And then I got in this kind of cycle of drinking a lot of caffeine and one day I drank, I don't know, like four, five cold brews. My stomach was just like absolutely wrecked. <laughs> and I just was, I was feeling really bad. And so I went home and Googled like what's the healthiest form of energy and found mantra. And it just made a lot of sense from a business wise, from a business standpoint. And then I also just genuinely like the product and Matcha has a little bit of caffeine, so not as much as coffee or cold brew. You don't necessarily build up that like kind of dependency on it. And it also has this amino acid called L-theanine, which literally changes your brain waves. And so it's like a more focused kind of energetic state rather than like this like, chaotic, um, you know, energy that coffee or like Red Bull gives you. Yeah, I, to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but matcha is more like sustained energy for a longer period of time, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, you kind of get like, rid of not as much is. energy, right? Like yeah, it's, con- it's, it's constant. Like it's like less than, than coffee. Like, yeah. Right. You have it's to use the st- arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so. like a steady slope versus like this roller coaster uh, crash. Yeah. Okay. That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it was the fact that I feel like also caffeine. So I'm, we should dive into this because Brian drinks coffee. I, I don't. don't. So I feel like Brian, what's um, going on, man? Yeah, you need to sell him right now, Brian. Like, that's what I want. At the end of the conversation, it's like, all right, I'm gonna let's go to the T route. Um, well, yeah. I would also say, like, we're actually trying to remove like T from our name and like we're changing the domain soon. Like, we just changed all of our socials and like mm. Matcha is like this weird, like, 
it's not really a tea. It's like you think of tea, it's like very like soft and light, and you think like, oh, it's like let's make a tea. And like, no offense to you know hardcore tea drinkers, obviously, um, but it's it's like a halfway point between tea that you are used to and coffee. Um, so it's like a middle ground, not really one or the other. Are you are you like is that a different category? Like you're trying to create okay. a different category? Do you want to great, talk about great. this? Great question. That's Dive more in. me making sense of it to you guys. And but like technically matcha literally means powdered tea in the translation. So like it, it right. really is a tea. It's a variety of green tea. Um so there's that, you know, but you know, we're you're in a crowded space, time. right? Like it makes sense. Like yeah. I I'll be like the way that I've seen Tenzo now is like it's the qual like tell me if I'm wrong here, but it seems to me it's like it's the quality. Um like affordable, but also quality. Um because totally. you talk about the vibrant of the green and what that means. Uh do I have that right? Yeah, it's super high quality. And I mean, honestly, this is like one of the best and the worst things about like being in mantras. Like one, it is a very new category in the US and a lot of people aren't like acclimated to that. And then two, there's a lot of really low quality stuff on the market. So and that's because like, because it's so new, people don't know a lot about it, meaning yeah. they can't distinguish between like what is crappy and what's good. Um, and if you think about like the trends of coffee over the last like 40 years, basically the world was built on Folgers and like that was disgusting coffee and that allowed Don't Starbucks. tell my mother that. <laughs> well, you might want to tell her, maybe she's living a lie. I've told her so many times and I still get that Folgers every time I go. <laughs> oh gosh yeah that's yeah. i'm sorry um maybe okay. you can bring your own next time or something <laughs> um but yeah so like that provides an opportunity for this higher quality brand to come in and so like that was starbucks right and then the whole world got or the country of the world whatever got educated on like what starbucks is and they're like oh this is a lot better than folders you know and then it was like oh like there's an even higher quality than starbucks which is like this third wave coffee you can see like blue bottle bluestone lane like all the independent, like trendy cafes around the country. And there's like, there's 30,000 of those in the US. Yep. You know, and so it's that kind of cycle of knowledge and consumer preferences. And we're kind of slotting in like right after the Folgers era of mantra um, and trying to build, you know, the Starbucks of, of that. But if you're um, just to go into like acquisition a little bit, like from the, if you're looking at it from the coffee side, like you got it if you're new to coffee, you kind of start at Folgers, right? Like there's an entry point or no? I think the entry point is the iced frappuccino from Starbucks. It's like, that's their <laughs> most popular drink. Um, it's just sugar and sweet and you get a little bit of caffeine, but it's really like- but are, Do you think those people will then, like, are they on their way to the blue bottle coffee? I think, so. yeah, for sure. I think so? I mean, like that's I don't journey. think, I don't think- you know, people 50 and above are on that journey. Yeah, maybe 60 and above or whatever. But like, point is, it's like younger consumers go through this change where your habits change and your preferences change as you, you know, yeah. learn and try new things. But older people are really stuck in their ways. Like your mom is drinking an inferior product, but she's like, I, I've drank Folgers for 40 years. Like, I love it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, if yeah. I don't have it, I, I, I go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like if I were to start drinking coffee and I don't feel like I need a ton of caffeine, um, just never have like and when I've had it, it's just jittery. So matcha, maybe that's the way for me, <laughs> similar to you, Steve. But like I feel like I, my entry point would be Starbucks because that's like what my friends would drink out of coffee or like what they would recommend. So your point, Steve, of like 
the entry point being there. I feel like you don't have to go all the way back. It's like, oh, what do you know? And what are the people that you're around? What do they drink? Did yep. you have to research your ICP? Like, it, meaning like, hey, we're going to go after people that have some sort of knowledge of the green tea space and like they have been to Starbucks before. Like, do you talk about that at all? Or is at this point just like, um, yeah, drive I mean, whoever. It depends on like where we're selling, I guess. Um, in econ, we do a lot of targeting against, we call it S bucks. Um, so you don't want to actually say Starbucks, but right. yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, those people are great. And especially because, in Starbucks and Dunkin' and all the big chains have a, a mantra skew that they're selling constantly, but people who are drinking those are really good targets because they already like the mantra flavor, mm. but they're just drinking it with like a ton of sugar. And so getting them to switch is a very clean, you know, opportunity for us as a brand. Yeah. Now, going back to your, like, uh, the product itself. So you were saying that it was... Um, it's it's at this point where it's affordable, but it's higher quality, right? Like, can you even go like you? I, I know the stories of you've been to Japan where you like source. Uh, are there like even higher quality uh, matcha teas as well? Like, oh yeah, years? way above. I like, mean, how expensive are we talking about? I think like around a thousand dollars USD for like a couple servings. Like, oh. it's like it's like wine. Like, it yeah. scales dramatically. Did you learn um, that when you went out there? Did you know that beforehand? Well, we learned it sometime early in the journey. Like, we didn't really know a lot when we first started. We were super dumb, actually. And like, I've never <laughs> even had a job. Like, we just went on Google one day and searched bulk matcha and emailed the first 60 results. And one of them responded. And that's the one we ended up going with, this guy in Arizona. Shout out Dean Jablon. Um, we bought like five different six different skews of matcha like a bunch of different grades like blueberry raspberry flavor like it was chaotic and we ended up finding out who he was buying the best one from then went to them and then mm. you know went through like a whole sourcing process after like we learned like what that was um to find the best one and really just optimizing quality and price how'd you like i know that's a tough question to answer but how did you go to like, all right, this is the most affordable and this is like the quality. Like did you have that mindset going into it of where you want it to be or was it just like, just happenstance um, that, all right? No, it's it. it's a it's an iterative process for sure. Okay. It's like we went through like three suppliers in the first like eight months of the company. And then we had this crazy story and we ended up finding this really good guy when we were in Japan. Um, and he helped us do that. And then it really comes down to just looking at the market and like having a good understanding, like almost every year we'll buy like every matcha on the market and taste them all and put in the, the costs and like a big spreadsheet and figure out like, Hey, where do we want to come into the market at? And like, are we right there? And that doesn't make sense. And that's yes. That's yes. That's great. But um, just about consistently trying, you know, different suppliers and different grades of matcha and making sure that you really know what's going on and why. And that's a monthly thing that you do that. No, no, that's annually. It's too much to do monthly. But yeah, like, I was going to say. <laughs> well, pretty frequently, like if we get reached out to a ton by people like trying to sell us like their bulk mantra. Um, mm. And if it's like a farm, you know, that's not manufacturing it, then we'll actually, we'll try it and get samples. And if we like it, we'll move forward. Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, Steve, I wanted to ask, like, I feel like I will. Okay, so that 
the video we've been talking about like that you you two made of you like going to japan do you know the one yeah. i'm talking <laughs> yeah i know i know i know the video <laughs> have you seen it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah have you seen it you know um like even though the product you said it was iterative in the beginning i feel like the messaging wasn't right like even you telling the um story of like you going on the study date and then not liking the way that caffeine had made you feel like i feel like that messaging comes across in that video in terms of like, oh, you are like when you're drinking matcha, like you're not just drinking it to get the caffeine, but because of how it makes you feel and how it's different from traditional caffeine. And so with that, was that like part of the brand messaging that you guys still stay true to today? Like even though the product where you're getting the ma like bulk matcha from has been iterative to like always find the best. I feel like that background of your brand has still been pretty true, right? Totally. I mean, I think that's a really important thing um, in a world where it's very easy to copy and paste and you see like this term blanding. The best way to stand out mm. is to just be genuine um, and be yourself. And myself and my co-founder Rob were very much kind of chaotic and just like genuinely positive, optimistic guys, you know? Um, and I think that that comes across in the brand. Mm -hmm. you know, and really being true to yourself is super key when you're creating the content and building the brand too. Um, I think that the founders that do that, you know, consistently have a really positive impact. And when you kind of deviate or steer away, then you can get caught in this trap of like, oh, like I've been working really hard on this thing and I'm not really that thing. And then there's like this weird like kind of dissonance going on between like what you're doing and who you are. And the, the customers or the people watching and consuming the content can feel that and understand that. Um, but at the same time, like that video could be done a lot better if we were to redo it. I think it's um, great. You should leave it. <laughs> it's very genuine. Be, yeah. It's good that you're saying that. Um, maybe in a couple of years I'll feel differently, but right now I'm like in the oh, cringe. Um, <laughs> it's not bad. Is, no, it's not bad at all. Because I think it's like, it's uh, right. It's like that, it's a great in between of like not too professional, where it's like, all right, this this is up there, uh, but it's not too amateur. It's like right in the middle. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I spent a couple thousand dollars and a couple days on it. So <laughs> we'll hype you guys up. We, we, we're, we liked watching it. Yeah. Uh, landing. I love it. Yeah. I like landing. That. landing. That's the first time I've heard of it. Brian. <clears throat> really? I haven't heard of it. Is, even on tiktok you haven't no no? <laughs> no even on tiktok i haven't heard of it but bland, i don't think it's like bland. a super trendy term but like if you look at a lot of the consumer brands in the last couple of years like a lot of the average ones all look the exact same yeah um like that sans serif font lowercase letters it's just it's classic it's, well, it's founder yeah i mean like you've i just think it as like founder led and you stay like that the the problem that i see is like well, how many, how many, if you don't mind me asking, like how many employees do you have now at Tenso uh, Only five, five, five full time. And is anyone in charge of marketing or is it still founder led? Like basically you and your co-founder um, at this point? Yeah, it's a lot of it is my co-founder, but we know we have a great woman on the team, Lori, who runs most of it. Um, but yeah, it's just Rob and I are both pretty much involved in a lot of decisions still, but she does a really good job. Um, right. Shout out, Lori. 
Lori. Shout out Lori. Like Lori's Great. job is tough, right? Because I've seen this before where it's like the marketer's job is to promote the founder. Like if it's founder led is to do as much as you can to amplify the founder's message. Um, yep. And the founder is the CMO at the end of the day uh, when it's like that. And yeah. And I mean, it's a tough job. It's super tough, especially because founders are chaotic and like you read a book and you're like, Oh, why aren't we doing this? Part? Like what's going on? Why? You know? And so it's just constantly pushing and, it's something that we, Rob, more so than I, have spent a lot of time trying to get really clear on a lot of those questions around it. What is the voice and who are we partnering with and why and, you know, a lot of those things. Yeah. I did read that you're a, uh, you do like to read. So yeah, big reader. What was the last few books that you all of a sudden talked to? Uh, <sighs> going to sound like such it. a dork. Okay, well, last couple of books <laughs> Bring I read, it on. I'm reading this really long fantasy series. Um, so not a lot of book like business stuff there. But are you but doing that to generate additional ideas or is this just to get away from... Uh, no, this is just... This is, yeah, just pure enjoyment. Like, I like reading. Um, I, lo I love reading. So, but I went on this kick where, like, I read, like, every business book like you could read and like all like you know all the classics yes, that people are yes. like shilling on twitter like 33 books about business yeah. you they take a picture business. and they say here's all the books yeah 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 and they're like here's my amazon like i'll make 15 yeah. percent of any purchase <laughs> yeah um i don't know i think culting of brands was a really good book um specifically about branding seth godin has some really good ones on marketing there's a lot of them does that like, have any new ones or are they all older? Like I've I've read all of his older stuff. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I don't recently. think he has any new ones. My bookshelf is right over here. The last one I read was This Is Marketing, um, which was pretty solid. It's called This Is by by Seth or someone else. By Seth, yeah. This is marketing. Oh, I think that's a relatively newer one. Like in the last. Yeah, four, four it is rel years. relatively newer. Yeah, um, but I also think like genuine, or just like marketing is a lot about like looking around and what's going on in society and like playing off themes. Right. So like what I wanted to do last week was like, let's hype up corn. Like let's go big on corn. Brian's know? not going to get that. Reference. I don't get it. Damn it. <laughs> I knew this, this was going to happen. Half of this podcast, Steve is like me filling in like Brian on the what's trending right now. So okay, do you, you want to get the background of corn? <laughs> yeah. No, basically. Well, okay. What is this? There's this guy on TikTok that interviews like passionate, like little kids. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of his older videos. I think there's one about like kimono dragons. But like, anyway, this kid is, this guy's interviewing this kid about corn. And the little kid is like obsessed. Like corn. this kid, he loves corn. Like as much as you, like think about the thing that you love most in your life as a child. And, like, just imagine that yeah. that is corn and, like, you're an <laughs> eight-year-old kid answering, an, in like, serious, like adult interview questions, like, like so about whole, it. so yeah. wholeheartedly answering about this corn. This kid must be Midwest. Uh, that's for sure. Oh, it, it's just, it's pure passion, like, you know, and it's inspiring to watch. Like, I want to be that passionate about things in my life. Yeah. And so, <laughs> anyway, that that interview got remixed into, like, a short song. And the song is amazing <laughs> i could like, sing it like it's in my head constantly sing it. if i'm being honest i sing won't it. but <laughs> yeah i, I, mean, I, I, I could i could sing every word too like we could do a duet right now it's corn um 
And anyway, so it, go, it goes on and like the internet is like freaking out. It's like one of the most viewed videos on TikTok. And then, you know, there's been corn memes and like everything's Wait, corn. The, like, the song is the most viewed video. On yeah, TikTok. the song. The song, the song yeah. is so good. Because um, like, so the original video blew up and then yeah. someone remixed it. Yeah. And then that's blowing up now. This so, happens often. This exactly, is what I'm understanding. Well, that's that's how, is, yes. Yeah. People yeah. take it's like a, the whole thing of TikTok is they take the sounds and then yeah. they just blow up because people they apply them in all these different ways. Yeah. So, so now someone will probably dogs. take this podcast and be like, oh my gosh, I exactly. want to make a, I see. So yes. we're going to make a very popular video from this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it went so crazy. Like I got a DoorDash notification, like it's corn. And then, like, here's places you can get corn near you. Oh, like, I see, I see. And grocery stores, I saw, like, so many. No, oh, corn. Yeah, yeah, they had oh, yeah. more I'm... corn. Yeah. Brian, you're going to you're gonna go out of your house today. You're going to be, like, corn's going to be on yeah. the mine. And you're just yeah. going to be, corn, corn there, corn there. I it's might everywhere. be having corn tonight. Like, it's, uh, it's a given. Yeah. 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 Um, Another okay, well, hold on. But going back to like why this was brought up in the first place, you like you're saying that here's the theme, yeah. And no, you're like, marketing. how can we add to this theme, right? Play off. Like, I yeah. need I need a meme of Kanye, you know, Kanye West <laughs> Instagram story today of like, yeah. I need everyone on planet Earth to drink matcha or I'm done. Like I'm out. Like something like that. Just yeah. chaotic Kanye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's part of marketing. And then the other half is like, and that's like the kind of like artsy side. And then it, a lot of it's just data and numbers too. And like, yeah really following those things and it's like for example it's like you wouldn't post organic brand content on facebook anymore because like no one is no one's there and like you can see that in views and shares and likes and then conversely you know tiktok youtube shorts and instagram reels it's like those are popping off so it's like you know marketing is an interesting discipline in general because it's a very balanced one meaning it's art and science and you know the people that understand both sides of that coin yeah. will really excel um yeah you're not gonna find you're not gonna find a lot of that on in, in books these days you'll find the foundations like i love like don't get me wrong like right next to me is a, a the, ryan makes fun of me yeah, like you entire bookshelf book of like all these books that's why i ask you um there's also one that you should read and i feel like you it's called play bigger um about building categories and branding uh mm. i would recommend that um which i thought you were going to say so you probably know half the book already if you're thinking about categories already um but that's the thing like i i'm not like i'm i want to learn as much about the foundation but there's no way that i'm gonna learn how to take those themes like you said and understand yeah. how do you build off of that and piggyback off of it i just just bought the book by the way um no i i couldn't <laughs> On the agree call, you bought it <laughs> yeah literally just now one click amazon kindle wow. um Kindle. Oof. Okay, let's not get into this debate here. Um, <laughs> I I agree, Brian, going back to your comment. Like, books will give you a lot of the basics. And if you want to be a, a true master, it really comes down to applying. That's one of the reasons I, like, just stopped reading all the business books. And, like, occasionally I'll pick one back up if it's, like, highly recommended from a trusted source. But, okay, like, Brian. I, oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah look at that you know subtle compliment um but yeah it's like i i like reading just because i enjoy reading and it, you know it takes up time in the evening rather than like watching netflix or like doing something else and like it, i think it helps me beat my family members in wordle but like <laughs> to be really good at marketing or e-com 
or business and finance and operations. It's yeah. like, you really need to be like in the weeds, like grinding and like looking at numbers and, you know, also, you know, avoiding just looking at a spreadsheet all day and really understanding like why things are the way they are. Um, and that's everything from like, you know, from a brand side, it's like, we buy a bunch of different ingredients and we buy boxes and packaging material and someone's got to put those all together and fill it. And then it's got to get shipped here. And it's like, there's a lot of different cost segments there, understanding those. And it's like, we're just looking at a spreadsheet all day. You're not really going to understand why. Um, and you're not going to figure these things out, but like, yeah. So if you want to get really good at things and master stuff, it's all about action and, you know, literally just showing up and doing the work day in and day out. Right. Yeah. I'm curious to what you'd say to this, Steve, because we were having this chat um, with Brandon at Electric Marketing, Brian, during our offsite. And he was saying like, he believes that, you know, you kind of have to have a face to a brand these days. Like that's what really connects with people. It goes back to what we were saying about being genuine. And I think this ties in with like TikTok, everything, like everyone has a face to something like I get the corn video, right? Like I can see that kid in my mind. Like I can see the guy who interviews them. So do you think that's also part of like moving with the times like for a brand to succeed you need that like that connection that person that you're looking at and like know that is attached to a certain brand um somewhat yeah there's a balance there i think it makes it a lot easier but like i also don't think it's absolutely necessary either you know and like if you think about um let's say like do you guys know liquid iv they're like a really big hydration company Yes. Yeah. What's up with the smirk, Brian? Because y'all, y'all, the founder, I can't, like, this is the problem with video. Uh, <laughs> y'all, the founder loves Liquid IV and he, um, like, says he drinks one daily. Yeah. Um, right. Is that what he said? Daily? Yeah. And he I, loves it. Yeah. We also had it at our, like, offsite. So he was like, you know, the next morning you're up and ready to go after a late night with a team. So <laughs> I love that. Um, I also I probably drink close to one a day, too. Um, there you go. So subscription. I, I just ordered it on Amazon. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, like one of my best friends works there. I'm also friends with the founder. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. Like going back mm. to the story, like do you need yeah. a face, right? Like if you're like Kim Kardashian or like Mr. Beast, like of freaking course like having a face is gonna it really accelerate that brand yeah you know but there's a lot of ways to build a brand and if you think about liquid iv like they had you know a really great outcome and it was a very positive for founders investors and all the early employees and brandon isn't like huge but like he would post about the company and what they're doing on like linkedin or instagram or twitter and like he's got like a following but it's not like he's kim kardashian you know, and it's like, right. I know a lot of people that enjoy Liquid IV that have no clue or mm-hmm. think about all the brands that you enjoy. It's like, I don't know who the founder of Hawaiian King's role is, but when Thanksgiving comes, I love those mini little rolls. They're so good. They are. It's like, I couldn't tell you a single brand well with that corn. sells corn. Yeah. Like, well, who's a corn brand? I have no idea, but you can go to a grocery store, buy this corn and you're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> but that, that's an opportunity. My gosh. Yeah. Like I was going to say. Corn brand we're... with a founder's face on it. Yeah. We should be a yeah. corn brand now. That's that's what's going to come out of this episode. Um, <laughs> hey, I think oh. selling corn is, would probably be really, really hard and super competitive. It's like the number one agricultural product in the country, right? Like, Sounds like a good challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you can corn exclusive corn. corn that you can only get through a D2C brand. Um, hey, we should, maybe we get, we have our, our spokesperson. It's a little kid. We hire the kid. 
We have this video. We traveled the world looking for the best corn, and we found it actually in Iowa. Like, how amazing would that be? Um, It's writing itself. Yeah. Yeah. So let me get. So on the subject, though, like, I'm going to transfer to. Well, here's my hypothesis. You can tell me, like, you don't agree or you agree, but like, I think the founders branding like really helps with like getting that exposure getting someone to your website getting someone like interested in what this is but it's to get someone to stay i don't think it like really helps i think that's when the product is like actually uh the the main variable that gets someone to like buy again and again and again it's like actually is this a great product to keep and to keep on buying um is that the way that you think about it too steve or is that different um i think there's a lot of truth in what you said and I don't necessarily think it's the whole story, but I do think that product is the most important thing in a consumer brand for sure. And if you don't have a great product, no matter how many people you get to the website, it's just not going to work. And frankly, if like companies like these, like these drop shippers, those people like I really don't like, and they're just shilling bad products. And it's like the best brands in the world have the highest LTVs and they're getting repeat purchases over decades. And if you think about them, like, I don't know, like, do you, are either of you like Apple product users? Like, do you have an iPhone and a Mac? Yes. Yeah. So like, you know, think about the total dollar value of you like with Apple. Like I bought, I don't know, I've had an iPhone now for like, a, like 15 years, maybe like, yeah. that's a lot of iPhones. That's like at least eight iPhones, you know, and then maybe more in college. I broke a few. I have like had like four MacBooks. Like I got my AirPods in. I got an Apple mouse. I got this Apple keyboard. I have like 40, 45. Yeah. The watch, like 45 chargers. (laughs) I saw it. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy, right? Like it's, it's, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars over a very long period of time. And, you know, I'd imagine that a lot of people feel that same way. Um, that's why they're one of the biggest companies in the world. And AirPods makes $8 billion a year. Like, is that what it is? 8 billion? Yeah, AirPods is a bigger company than like Spotify, Netflix, like crazy. That's insane. But I believe single, it. Single, single yeah. Product. yeah. I will say though that like for me, uh, I can't prove my own hypothesis, but like Steve Jobs led me to like I always like I was always a big fan of Steve Jobs. Like I got his biography over here and that led me to the yep. brand. And then <clears throat> as soon as I just saw like the quality and like just the why behind the brand, like that kept me the last 15 years yeah and i i totally agree like your comment there's a lot of truth in the hypothesis and i think that stands but there's a lot of things you need to do you know outside of product also to make people stick around and that's like you know you need customer service and you need good marketing and education and you need to stay relevant like a lot of those things yeah so this is a good like brian like i was gonna move this on because i think this is like it leans into this all right after the purchase um can you tell us a little bit about like i know that you're also a very big data person so i've heard before that like hey you you will optimize ltv by certain channels and try to find certain patterns in the customer journey and then say hey let's invest here because it has a higher ltv so in that regard when it comes to kim let's just start with like post-purchase so like after someone buys um do you did you put a lot of time into that like from the very after beginning. someone buys, I don't think we do anything <laughs> after they buy. Yeah, nothing. All right. Um, no, 
obviously just joking. Um, we do a ton of work with it. It's like it is so important. And <clears throat> even personally, I feel like I've done like so much studying about like how retention works and how to optimize it and how to analyze it and what are the most important steps in it. But yeah, we do constant iterations on every part of that flow. So talk a little, can you actually explain to us um, once someone does buy, um, there's obviously a shipping process, then they get their package. Are are you also like, uh, you put a lot of effort into the the boxing and like the actually uh, yeah, opening so, up that package and that experience as well? Yeah. Um, let's start with unboxing. So unboxing, when people first purchase, they buy a trial kit, right? So that's like, comes with mantra, like a storage container, a scooper, right. an electric mixer, the whole gambit of stuff that you need to be successful. And so like one is like all of those, this is a cool thing we do. It's like all of those have like SKUs, right? And then we have like a special box and then we have like an insert card. Everything has a SKU. And then like three years ago, we started doing SKU iterations, right? So like we would do like, say the SKUs, like one, two, three. It became like one, two, three, dash one. And then one, two, three, dash two. And every time we improved one of those things, we looked at retention in corresponding cohorts and then made sure that like one is product development mapping to LTV. And so then you take like, you shoot different shots based on things you're learning or customer feedback and surveys, but that's like product development, iterating that. And that's really important. And if, you, I mean, even in that video, like that you referenced earlier, like one of the cringy parts, like all those products, like, we had like janky ass labels. Like we had, we would buy these white tins from this guy in Riverside, California. Like he'd ship it to our office. We'd get stickers from this person. Like we'd put, we'd put in stickers on tins and like, you know, it turns out like, oh, just actually just buying a lot of freaking tins that are fully printed is really nice. And then we're like, oh, like we can do like kind of texturize the tin. So like all the lettering like stands out like a millimeter. And then like, that was like, oh, like that actually improved retention. You know, because you had a better feel in your hands and, you know, you're picking up that tan every day. Like, it's, it's much nicer, right? And then after, so, like, that's part one. And, like, part two is, like, this really extensive email flow. Um, you know, obviously, we use you guys and you power the tracking and there's a really nice portal um, and really, really clear messaging around how to use the product um, and be successful with it. And what you should see and how it impacts your life. Um, and really a lot of it's focused on like, you know, you really need to drink it daily. Like this is a habit that you're committing to. And like, it's the same thing with going to the gym. Like if you're pounding five cold brews a day and you're making a switch to mantra, like you're probably, if you just drink one cup a day, like you're, you're still going to be in caffeine withdrawal. And like, you're not going to feel like that good. Right. Um, so it's like being aware of that. And you know, if you're aware of that, you'll be able to better deal with it or you can, frankly increase the consumption of matcha a lot more to get you know closer to that coffee volume so you don't feel as bad if you're still getting a bunch of caffeine um yeah and then we a b test and iterate you know these things and like you look at the numbers in clavio and we created a custom dashboard and we look at those the metrics there and like we map the clavio flow ids to the ltvs of customers and cohorts and track when those went live and what emails you got and then iterate around that is there a certain flow that's um when someone's buying one time where like all right here's a, the experience that they're going to receive to then try yep. to get them to become a subscriber 
Yeah, totally. And um, I mean, I think we upsell like within 12 months of your first purchase. If it's a one time, we upsell like over 40% of those people into subscription. It's a pretty substantial amount. Um, I mean, the only reason that tends has been able to grow on the e-com side is like we have really high LTV. Like we have high LTV and the people at Common Thread, this guy Taylor Holiday, he's got a he's a pretty smart, smart dude. Got this concept of like how quickly are you doubling first order AOV, right? Is that yeah. are you doubling it in 30 days? Uh, are you doubling it in 60, 90, 100? Like we're doing like 300% in 12 months and like 100% in like 30 days uh or maybe 60 days but it's like those numbers are very outside of like the normal scope of you know just e-com and products like that so high contributional margin which means you can spend more money in ads which means you can grow faster is that what you're doing are you are you now have the ability to spend more on the acquisition side because you know the ltv is high enough yeah you you get really good at ltvs and payback periods and you know that creates this kind of unfair advantage in the category. Um, you know, cause you can bid more on ads, so you can outbid them in search. You can outbid them on YouTube. I mean, on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you're buying ads. So like you know maybe, exactly then how much to pay for that click, right? Oh yeah. Everything is perfectly mapped out. Um, yeah. But I mean, the only challenging part now is like iOS 14 really made it a lot more difficult. Um, on the acquisition side, like retention data is obviously very clear. You have it all in Shopify, but uh, acquisition is basically like we've reverted like 20 years and now no one really knows anymore. And you're just like spending a bunch of money and yeah, hopefully it works. Yeah. Are you in that time period of like trying to figure out like everyone else is right? Like the privacy changes and reverting back 20 years, like how you can like use older, like, marketing methods or older acquisition methods to get in front of customers Um, without that data? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think like right now, first of all, we still have a lot of data. Like it's not, it's not like it's um, gone per se. It's just like, if you think about like a clear day and like, if there's not a cloud in the sky, like you can see you're standing on a mountain, you can see really far. Right. But if there's like a storm coming in it gets a little cloudy, maybe there's a little fog, you can't quite see as far. And that's what I would say. Like you can still see a lot, but it's just a little bit more cloudy. Um, but yeah, like I think the main switch we did is just really focusing on organic content, and like we're really pushing and investing a lot to make better organic content, um, and you know, utilize the right platforms and create content that looks native to each platform, and create the right content, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I should expect to see TikTok and Instagram Reels. <laughs> Yes, yes, and YouTube Shorts. (laughs) YouTube Shorts, okay. Are you doing that in-house, or that's an agency that's helping you? Um, uh, No, no agency. I mean, that's Lori on our team. She works with Rob, and they, you know, contact a large number of creators or a small number that are really good. just kind of depends on the month, and then they send us a ton of content. Yeah, that's a new way, I feel like. Yeah, well, we just saw that. uh, uh, We were talking about this last week, but the... uh, what was it called? Shopify collabs. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. seen that? Is that like something that you would do? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Is it just Ant? Um, it's just meh. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I'm not as involved in that process. Um, I kind of let them leave that. I mean, just leave it up to them. Like, yeah, 
we have a lot of autonomy. I can't be like looking at that, but Hey, I get the numbers every week and I look at all the organic content, you know, and I set the goals for what they need to hit, but that's about as far as I step into that pool. Yeah. Okay. I like the idea behind, I feel like organic content works at least for me as a consumer very well. And like the idea that it's, you're still having that connection of like what your brand stands for and the like name like the face of someone right but you already have the like creator if you're a really big follower of some some typical creator and you see that like oh they they drink matcha and they really like it and the brand they always shop with is tenzo tea like i i think it lends itself very well obviously to you know having that influence over someone and this is i this is a topic that i recently saw but i feel like we're now shifting as a society to putting more of an influence on those creators instead of like celebrity endorsements. What What's both of your like opinions on that? Brian? I was going to ask, I was going to ask you because I, <laughs> I mean, okay, here's, this is coming from someone that's uh, not on Instagram, someone that's not on TikTok. Um, I, I'm trying to think like, I still have influencers. They're just in different ways. Like, it sounds so old, but like when I read certain books and I really like the author, like someone recommended it uh, on a certain podcast, I'll get the book. I'm like, I really like the author. Then I'll follow the author. They usually have a newsletter and whatever they recommend, I'll, um, I'll, I'll pick up like my next book or whatever. Um, so I just don't see that I, I'm the same way. Like their creators just in a different channel um, or source more or less. Um, but I, I think yeah like uh it's the same thing it's just like uh how we had celebrity endorsements and then just like widen the gap and it's really easy now to get an endorsement uh within just another select channel yeah i mean newsletters is a really good point too like newsletters are huge they're a really good spot to market and you can buy placements on them or you can get an organic placement like like brian was referencing organic um but i think yeah yeah air quotes you never know these days that's the the sad truth of the matter um but yeah i just think on the creator side like they're just good like not like you know your average i don't know like college kid or like young professional that's just like oh like posting on tiktok and like gets like two views but like people like there are people that are like actually very skilled at those things and you know, it's much easier for them to do it than yeah. me to do it, you know? And it's like, I think it's really just about finding like expertise on what you need. Like we have this one girl, Kaylee, shout out Kaylee. She is so good at recipes and like, I could spend the next 50 years of my life, like, you know, 24 hours a day, like, like corn obsessed with recipes. <laughs> I would I would never, I would never be as good as Kaylee. Corn obsessed. Um, you know, like she's a great photographer, videographer, her recipes. I don't know how she thinks of them, or I don't even know like how she figures out what ingredients to use and what proportions. Like it all just like, I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. you know, she's, she's a fucking pro. And yeah. if you look at our content on recipes, it is really good. Um, so just what I think it's about just working with the experts. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. I feel like too, with like, name image likeness with athletes i know steve you were an athlete as well in college but like i feel like that's why it's trending more in that direction 
of people who are like experts or like they're really knowledgeable about this area like you said daily recipes like i'm yeah. the, that that makes a lot of sense um i'm not sure exactly where i lie <clears throat> and i feel like there's still like celebrity endorsements are very powerful nowadays like they still are but i've definitely i think creators also whatever their level of expertise or whatever their area is in it definitely still makes a difference for sure yeah I, no. I love it as a marketer honestly because like i don't know how you think about it steve but like there's now there's like so many possibilities to look at it right like before it was like okay we have to do the mass media like find one celebrity that encompasses hopefully uh the icp of what we're going after but now it actually takes thinking to be like hey we we can try to build a relationship with 10 people um that know like let's try to find those 10 people and those 10 influencers and creators and for sure i mean it's a great time to be a marketer so many ways that you can grow a company it's crazy (laughs) you know i think that's that goes back to the creator point that i was making earlier it's like there's so many ways and to do any one of them really well you need to be super good at it and like it's it's one thing to say like oh like i wrote a blog post like i'm working on seo like i'm an seo expert but it's like that's like so not true or even like facebook ads or tiktok media buying it's all like way more complex than you think same with posting organic content you think oh i can open up tiktok and just shoot this little video of myself making a little matcha no problem you know you like, wow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i've done it a million times like, <laughs> you know yeah are you drinking yeah. matcha right now um yeah i am my little tinto shaker bottle oh i like it how many do you drink a day right now 87 mm. on hard days 88 right yeah on hard days 88 maybe 89 um no like two a day usually morning afternoon um sometimes i'll fire up like a 4 p.m or i'm like I'm gonna be working like late or like gonna go to the event late or something but mm. how long do you have that like sustained energy for like personally would you say like um, off of one cup a couple hours it kind of depends I mean, the real, you know, answer here is like energy, your, your personal energy level, it depends on a lot of things. And if you really want to nail it, like you need to sleep eight hours and you need to eat the right amount of food and not too much of it. And like what you put in your body is absolutely critical. You know, are you super stressed or anxious? Like all these things play this role. Um, it's frankly, it's very difficult. You know, even for me, like if I don't sleep, like the amount, the appropriate amount of hours, like I feel worse. I have less energy. Maybe I'll be drinking, you know, 89 cups that day. Yeah. Well, in a perfect world, the way that you measure retention is probably the way that you should also measure, like what's the best way to concentrate, right? Like you wake up, all right, I'm only going to drink two cups of matcha tea today. And then I'll also get eight hours of sleep and then see how it is. Then the next day, like what if three, three uh, cups of matcha tea and then eight hours of sleep that's the way to do it yep you're speaking like everything like that sounded um exactly like athletics so <laughs> i i'm curious <laughs> that did that play like a big part in your founder story as well kind of bringing it full circle here like the healthy um, living style all of that yeah i mean i think that in my freshman year at ucla like one of the big lessons that year was like if you want to perform at a really high level the the degree to which 
you're different than the people that are, you know, just below you or just above you is very, very small. And it's like the good way to think about it for just everyone is like, if you think about studying for a test, like it takes maybe like 1% of the time to get like a D or a C. And it takes, let's say 90% time to get to an A. Um, and then it takes like, you know, a ton more time to just get from A to A plus. And like that very small window is like the little things and really nailing those, um, yeah. you know, and so it's the same thing in sports. It's like the degree is very small. And if you want to get the, that A to A plus level, you really need to do everything well. And that comes down to like, having good routines in the morning and night and not like drinking a ton or like raging too much in college and like, you know, showing up and going to class and getting your homework done on time. So if you don't, then you know, you're going to be put in like a tutor or like whatever thing else that can like distract you from like what you really need to do, which is like as an athlete, which is like, just be really, really good at sports. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like life's very holistic, same, same thing, the concept about health that we were just talking about. It's like, got to be good on all fronts and the best people well they'll have deficiencies in some areas or things that they just don't care about um you know you're usually really really good at, at the key things that truly matter everything else is just meh yeah what what would you say if you had to pinpoint one thing for tenzo that was like that extra little bump from a to a plus putting you on um, the spot here steve <laughs> no great question i mean we I don't even think we're not even close to A plus yet. Let's be real. Like I, I think like about this. <laughs> yeah, like I like when I was thinking about like what we were doing like in college athletics, like especially like UCLA was like the best men's volleyball program in the country. It's like the highest level of indoor volleyball you can play at, in, in America. And like we were doing really sophisticated stuff and everyone on the team had been training really hard for like decades. Or like, you know, we were eighteen, so pro everyone probably started playing when they were like ten. But you have at least 10 years of like just really diligent focus. And like with Tenzo, we're on like year five and a half. Like mm -hmm. we're we're basically like a high school, like, I don't know, junior varsity level player. Like mm -hmm. we're probably pretty good for that level, you know, and maybe we're getting recruited by some, you know, division one schools, but like we're not at the same level yet. And we had a lot of those kind of blips, which like got us from like, oh, like we're an elementary school you know, to like, oh, this is middle school. That was probably like figuring out cash flow. Like that's like so, so insanely important as a brand. And you have very large financial obligations and managing cash cycles and inventory is really hard. And then I would say the next one is just like learning how to sell and like getting really good at sales. Like that comes from like uh, our wholesale business and building a really good sales team and understanding the processes. And then on the e-com side, just like understanding the funnels and retention and unit economics and contributional margin and getting really good at that too. But a lot of steps. Yeah. Okay. I, I uh, like that answer. Yeah. I like that too. And I just want to say one thing, which is I want to pinpoint, because I haven't heard this much, but like usually the way that you look at acquisition is exactly what you were saying, which mm -hmm. is uh, cohort analysis. Let's look at LTV where we should spend the money. But I have rarely heard looking at retention the same exact way um and like what you said like let's say b test like adding one thing to the package and then seeing what you know happens after the fact and i think that's clear to me that is something special that your company and yourself work on um uh, that probably has 
puts you into a good spot right now. Yeah, I think that that definitely helped us separate from the pack. I think just going off on that, like one of my biggest regrets is just not doing e-com more seriously earlier on. Basically didn't even do it for the first three years of the company until the pandemic hit. And then it was like, oh, like we should sell an e-com. Mm. And we got really good at it and grew it a ton. Yeah. That's oh. well, there's a lot of power to that, right? Like <laughs> always learning. We missed we missed the golden era. I don't think that's just, true. Oh no, we did. We did. <laughs> People with no effort and skills could just jump on and just print money. It's crazy. Help that cash flow. <laughs> yeah, but it's all about LTV now. Yeah, it's all it's brand LTV, good products. That's it. Yeah, cool. Well, I think this has been phenomenal. Um, Steve, we like to ask at the end of each episode resources that you'd like to share, but you you all were talking about books anyways. So just real quick, are there any more that have helped you along the way outside of books? Or if you want to recommend more that came to mind, um, we're going to give the space to you to do so as we wrap up. Um, yeah, I would fall back on my earlier advice, maybe pick a couple good books, um, for each specific thing that you're trying to learn, read those books, um, get those books probably recommended by experts in the field. And then after you read those books, start actually doing the work and learn through doing, um, yeah, a little little advice for the day. Love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dave. You guys were great. This was also a, just a good podcast. It was a, very conversational and not just like a, oh, like here's me answering a question, and you know. So good. Like, props to you guys for saying that. Appreciate that. that. That's exactly what I told Mariah. I was like, that's the last thing I want. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the time. If you ever want to come back on, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Season three, maybe? Yeah, cool. exactly. Let's just get through season two. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We had a great one. Yeah, we yeah. do. A lot of fun. Stay in touch though, Steve. Wish you the best. Cool. Will do.